Hello and welcome to another episode of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned through years of living on the road about health and wellness and optimization so that if you're like me and you live away from home a lot of the time, you can not only survive out there but thrive even when you're out of your element. I am your host Rob and today we're going to talk about zinc. If you are listening on one of your favorite podcasting apps, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, check out our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast, because there you'll be able to see exactly what I'm looking at on my computer screen and, uh, and follow along with me as I share these resources. But if you want a little bit more information and you're listening to audio only, uh, then feel free to check out the links in the episode show notes and they will take you to exactly where uh, a lot of these resources are that I'm showing you on my screen on our YouTube page. Uh, also, you can follow me at RJ Crate on Instagram or check out the, uh, the podcast at the Road Coach Podcast on Instagram as well uh, for clips and other videos, etc. So without further ado, zinc. Why zinc? Why am I talking about it? Um, zinc is something that uh, I started looking at about a year ago, I think at this point. Um, trying to really fine tune my diet and optimize it. Um, and I realized that zinc was a place that a lot of people are deficient. Um, and we'll go through the estimates and things like that, but uh, it's one of those places where it's very difficult to get enough zinc and it's very important for a lot of different things. So starting off here at, uh, this is a Harvard website, um, just sort of uh, summary on zinc and what it does within the body. Um, but you can see here um, from Harvard, that uh, zinc is a trace mineral means that the body only needs small amounts of it and yet it is necessary for almost a hundred different enzymes to carry out vital chemical reactions so it's a major player in the creation of dna of the growth of your cells of building proteins healing damaged tissue and supporting a healthy immune system and because it helps cells to grow and multiply adequate zinc is required during times of rapid growth so childhood adolescence pregnancy it's also involved with the senses of taste and smell. Um, if you're healing from uh, any sort of major health issue or like I am with my jaw surgery right now, I'm trying to promote regrowth and healing, you probably need a little bit more zinc as well in those situations. Um, but like I said, day to day, it's hard to get enough of it. So the RDA for adults, as you can see here, is uh, for men is 11 milligrams a day and for women is eight milligrams a day. And then pregnancy and lactation requires slightly more zinc as well at 11 and 12 milligrams. Um, we talk about the upper, they, they talk here about the upper, the tolerable upper intake level. Um, and they say it's about 40 milligrams a day. We'll go through the different organizations that talk about upper limits. Um, this isn't something that you wanna take unlimited amounts of, of course, um, but the upper limit is fairly high and it's fairly difficult to get that amount um, unless you're eating, I don't know, a dozen raw oysters every day, then you might have a problem. But <laughs> other than that, you'll probably be okay with, uh, with taking a supplement and not, uh, not overdoing it. Um, so that being said, uh, this is a Mount Sinai um, information page, so Mount Sinai Health, uh, again, just an information page on zinc. Um, and I just wanted to take you through a couple of things that Mount Sinai says here, but that I think are important. So zinc, low zinc levels are sometimes seen in the elderly 
uh, in alcoholics, in people with anorexia, and in people with very restricted diets. Um, people also who have malabsorption symptoms such as Crohn's disease that aren't absorbing nutrients. Crohn's disease is typically a small bowel GI disease um, and or celiac disease, again, another small bowel disease may also be deficient in zinc uh, because those, um, those um, inflammatory bowel diseases uh, prevent absorption of nutrients properly within your small intestine. So um, they say people want very restricted diets. However, I find nowadays it is so easy for people, and especially if you live on the road, to eat either the same things every day or not get a varied enough diet or, ha or even have the possibility of, of varying your diet enough to get the proper nutrients, macro and micro nutrients, um, that you need in your diet because you're often eating a very limited menu and you're often eating in restaurants, right? So, um, so on, you don't necessarily have to have a very restricted diet to be deficient in some of these nutrients. Um, and zinc is one that I, you know, for years was, was deficient in on a daily basis. Um, so the symptoms of deficiency include the loss of appetite, uh, poor growth, weight loss, lack of taste or smell, poor wound healing, um, which again, I'm recovering from surgery, so that's something that I have to pay attention to. Skin problems such as acne, atopic dermatitis, psoriasis, um, hair loss for my men out there that are, you know, reaching middle age, which I don't like to say, but <laughs> unfortunately time keeps passing. Hair loss can be, can be uh, caused by lack of zinc. Um, lack of menstrual period, so women who are going through menopause or perimenopause, this can be exacerbated um, by lack of zinc. Night blindness white spots on the fingernails, and depression, which I think is something that is also very prevalent in people who travel a lot because you're constantly stressed, you're constantly putting your body through lack of sleep, lack of proper sleep, you know, lack of proper nutrition, potentially lack of sunlight and vitamin D exposure. Depression can hit hard with people who travel a lot. Um, and so anything that's going to help kind of counteract that, I think is important to look at. Um, the, the one thing to remember, though, is that zinc reduces the amount of copper that your body absorbs. So high doses of zinc can cause a copper deficiency. And so for that reason, many doctors recommend that you take um, two milligrams of copper along with any zinc supplement. So if you're looking for a supplement to help out with your zinc intake in your, in your diet, make sure that it's got copper in it. And I'll go through at the end uh, what supplement I now use and why I use it, um, what's in it, etc. And you can do your own research from there. So that's uh, that's Mount Sinai. Um, now I wanted to bring up a um, an article. Uh, this was published in 2020, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, March 2020 in the Journal of Nutritional Biochemistry. And this is a review on micronutrients in autoimmune diseases, which are becoming more and more prevalent in our society today. Um, and specifically talking about zinc and vitamin D as supplements for those. So in this um, article, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's a very long article, but check out the link if you want to read more. Um, but even in developed countries, up to 15% of the population do not take in adequate amounts of zinc um, as well. Like it's, it's more common in developing countries, but even in developed countries, 15% of the population. Um, and again, it's because it's very hard to pay attention to all these things in our diet and get all the right nutrients. Um, because there's so many things to pay attention to and so much of our food is now mass-produced and 
um, full of preservatives and doesn't have the same nutrients that it used to. Um, also diets based on phytate rich foods, which is like corn products, um, can result in suboptimal um, zinc. Um, I forget where exactly where I put that, where I found that, but that's in this article as well. Uh, can result in suboptimal zinc intake because phytates bind zinc and decrease its bioavailability. So they hinder the uptake of zinc by the intestinal cells. A lot of Western culture, especially um, North Americans, Mexicans, uh, Americans, Canadians, such as myself, we have a high, high level of corn products in our diet. So even though we might be eating enough zinc or close to enough zinc on a daily basis through other things, if we're eating a lot of corn products, and corn, corn in general or corn derived products, which we do here, um, we, can, we might not be getting all of that zinc actually absorbed by our body. Um, it also says in this article that all cells suffer um, during zinc deficiency, but cells of the immune system are extremely, um, extreme, or sorry, strongly effective, extremely sensitive and strongly affected. Zinc is essential for DNA replication, for RNA transcription, that is RNA telling or writing basically what your DNA should do, cell division, cell proliferation, proliferation, oh my goodness, stumbling over my words today, and cell activation, especially due to its regulatory role in intercellular signaling. So this is down to the base level of all of our cells. Cells, zinc is extremely important. Um, and they have a chart in here um, about recommended daily intakes and an upper limit. So for zinc, um, they say the... Um, there's two, there's two different upper limits. So the EFSA and then WHO, the World Health Organization, say there's different upper limits for males and females for zinc. Um, so one says 25 milligrams, the other says 40. World Health Organization is what most people um, go by, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't take into account, you know, oh, I'm sorry, it does not take into account, the dog's knocking stuff over here in the background. Uh, it does not take into account the amount of corn. Um, so the EFSA actually takes into the, into account the amount of corn products that you're eating on a daily basis and changes your recommended daily allowance of zinc based on that. So if you're eating a lot of corn, you might need 16 milligrams minimum um, as a male or 12.7 milligrams as a female. Um, whereas uh, with the World Health Organization, they just say 11 milligrams and eight milligrams respectively for males and females, regardless of the amount of corn. Um, so the EFSA is a little bit more comprehensive, um, taking into account the bioavailability, um, but it also has a lower upper limit um, for the amount you can take per day. So something to consider there. Um, I'm gonna fly through the, fly through a lot of this now because it's talking about the, the cellular um, activation with zinc um, on a very, in a very scientific chemical uh, way. And I don't think that's necessary for what we're doing here. I'm just gonna fly through it. The next thing though, um, that I wanted to pull out of this article was, uh, it talks about sufficient zinc supply being important to preserve the intestinal barrier uh, function and to prevent transmucosal leakage or leaky gut. So leaky gut syndrome is associated with link, with zinc deficiency. Um, and that is, it's very far down here. So I may not be able to actually pull it up on the screen. However, if you follow the link to this, you will find this in this article. 
Um, but essentially, leaky gut is uh, is becoming more and more common these days from multiple issues when it comes to our diet, right? Uh, people talk about prebiotics, uh, probiotics, uh, helping out with leaky gut, but there's so many um, different things that we that we eat now that are causing things like leaky gut. Um, that any way that we can help um, avoid it, I think is is worth looking at. Um, and of course, zinc zinc plays a, a pivotal role in that. Uh, and then from the concluding remarks in this study here, or in this review, um, autoimmune predisposition cannot simply be related to one factor, obviously, such as sunlight or vitamin D deficiency or being vegan and at risk for zinc deficiency, because as we'll see, zinc is, is most common in, uh, in meats and shellfish. Um, and not every vitamin D or zinc deficient person will develop an autoimmune disease because genetics and lifestyle play a vital part here as well. However, deficiencies of nutritional elements such as zinc and vitamin D are often found in correlation in patients with a, a autoimmune diseases. So what that means is they're not saying that a lack of zinc or vitamin D is necessarily causing autoimmune diseases, but they tend to run in parallel with each other. Um, so if we can help by taking more zinc, we might be able to help our symptoms um, with autoimmune diseases in tandem, um, but we don't necessarily know if one causes the other, all right? So now I wanted to bring up another article. Um, this, I did. I don't have the whole article, I just have the, um, the uh, abstract, but um, this is from, this is published from 2011 um, in, um, from, this is a Springer link, um, but it was, where was it published? Uh, Archives of Toxicology and it's Zinc and Human Health, an update. Um, and I just wanted to take you through one part of the uh, one part of the abstract just to, to drive home this point uh, about how critical zinc is, but it has an effect in homeostasis, which is the balancing of our environment uh, internally, uh, in immune function, in oxidative stress, in apoptosis, in aging, and significant disorders of great public health interest are also associated with zinc deficiency. In many chronic diseases, including atherosclerosis, several malignancies, neurological disorders, autoimmune diseases, aging, age-related degenerative diseases, and Wilson's disease, zinc deficiency may complicate the clinical features, meaning make it worse, um, affect adversely immunological status, increase oxidative stress, which is another major problem in, West, in the Western world in modern times, and lead to the generation of inflammatory cytokines. So zinc deficiency can cause a lot of different problems, of course, at the cellular level in our bodies. Um, and we need to make sure that we're getting enough of it. Um, another really good um, post here. This is from someone that I follow. He's a local uh, London uh, coach and personal trainer. Uh, his name's Chet. Uh, his account on Instagram is called Brain Ignition. I highly recommend you follow him. He's got a lot of really good information. Uh, but he had a post a little while back. And this is actually... What caused me to start looking into zinc a little bit more in my diet was um, for the men out there, zinc is 85 to 90, zinc content is 85 to 90 times higher in semen than in blood. Um, and it's because zinc protects sperm cells like a shield when entering the female reproductive tract. So it's important for sperm production, total sperm counts, and sperm motility, which is swimmability. Uh, of the sperm. There's a decreased level of zinc in seminal plasma of infertile versus fertile men. So less zinc, higher correlation to not being fertile. 
Um, zinc could be the best biochemical marker for the human male infertility. If you're trying to avoid reproducing and you're thinking, perfect, I'll just avoid my zinc intake, you might want to think twice because zinc also protects Leydig cells from damaging oxidative stress and inflammation, the cells responsible for production of testosterone. So there's no storage mechanism for zinc. It has to be eaten. He talks here about oysters being the most concentrated source, which we will get into as well. And nuts are a good source as well. Um, but again, uh, it's bound up by phytate, which is that, that product in corn that we talked about, preventing it from actually being bioavailable in our systems. Um, so, uh, and here's another curveball. Each ejaculation increases your zinc requirement by about three milligrams. So for the boys out there, you're ejaculating every single day. You need an extra three milligrams that you don't think you need <laughs> every time you do that. Um, so talking about male health, fertility, testosterone, zinc is a major role, plays a major role there as well. Um, now, when we're looking at how do we get zinc in our diet, um, the biggest thing that you're going to find here, this is from, uh, this is a Healthline article. Um, red meat is a huge source of zinc. Okay. So just one serving, 100 gram serving, three and a half ounces has just under five milligrams of zinc. So just under half of what you need um, for the day for males or a little bit over half for females is in one serving of red meat. Now, a lot of people aren't eating as much red meat these days uh, and trying to limit the amount they eat. So getting all of your zinc from red meat is probably not doable unless you're eating, you know, 10 ounces of red meat a day, which is, you know, a decent sized steak for sure. And, and most people are not doing that every single day. Shellfish is, is a huge, huge um, uh, container of zinc. Obviously, oysters, um, six medium oysters have 33 milligrams of zinc, so that's almost towards the upper limit of what you want in a day. Um, Alaska king crab has 7.6 milligrams per three and a half ounces or 100 grams, uh, which is a good chunk of the daily value for men. Um, and then smaller shellfish has a good... Um, is a good source of zinc as well. But uh, again, these typically aren't something that we're eating every day. Um, legumes are a decent source as well. Uh, but again, 100 grams, which is a good portion. I mean, that's talking like a handful of cooked lentils. Um, you know, probably, I would think 3.5 ounces of cooked lentils is probably close to three quarters of a cup. I'd have to do the math on that, but that's a lot of lentils to be eating to only get just over 11 or 15% of your daily value of zinc. And again, you know, multiply that by five or six um, every single day. Most people are not eating that much when it comes to that. Seeds, again, we talked about um, having a little bit more. So um, three tablespoons of hemp seeds is um, between 27 and 37 of the percent of the daily value. However, um, that's a lot of hemp seeds. You measure three tablespoons of hemp seeds, it's gonna be um, difficult to get all that down. But pumpkin, squash, and sesame seeds obviously are all great and they contain fiber and healthy fats. So they're good to mix into your diet. But again, eating enough of them and not overeating calorically, um, taking in too much energy and being in, um, being in a surplus of calories, which will cause you to gain weight over time it's difficult to eat enough of these foods to actually get enough zinc. Um, nuts and peanuts, cashews are a good one as well. Again, though, very high in calories, very high in fat, and we have that issue of having phytates, so not all the zinc is actually absorbed from those meats. Dairy is a decent amount as well. Um, 
an ounce of sharp cheddar cheese has about just under 10% and just over 13% uh, daily value for men and women um, respectively. So again, a great, a great um, option for your zinc intake, also a lot of calcium, a lot of good bacteria. Um, and again, milk is very similar in zinc content as well. However, you're talking, you know, 10 cups of milk or 10 ounces of cheese, which is 10 ounces of cheese is like 1200 calories worth of cheese. <laughs> so you're not going to eat that probably on a daily basis. Most people are not. Eggs, again, decent amount, but fairly low. A large egg has about 5%, 5 to 6.5% of the daily value for men versus women. Um, however, again, now you're talking eating 20 eggs. Uh, most people are not going to eat 20 eggs in a day. So obviously mixing and matching all of these things, you might be able to get the total amount of zinc that you need, but you really have to be focused on eating you know, high zinc content foods if you want to get there. And that doesn't include all the other micronutrients and macronutrients that you need on a daily basis to get there. So I'm not going to go any further down behind beyond eggs because everything gets very, very low beyond that. Um, and you can see very quickly how difficult it would be, especially if you don't eat dairy um, and you don't eat eggs. If you're vegan, um, getting enough zinc is very, very difficult. If you don't have access to oysters every day, um, which most of us do not, unless we live on the coast. Um, and again, they're very expensive. Uh, we're probably not getting enough zinc. So hence why I started supplementing. Um, you can take any supplement that you like, as long as it, um, again, contains a little bit of copper, like we talked about. The one that I take is from ATP Labs. I believe you can get this on Amazon, uh, but it's called Sinner Zinc. Uh, and the reason that I take Sinner Zinc is because of the benefits. So it's got two different forms of bioavailable zinc in it. It's got copper in it. It's got biotin. Um, and it also has a little bit of selenium as well, um, which it does not give you the amounts on the website. Not give the amounts. However, I do know that it gives you seven point, with the amount of zinc in it, it's, I think it's two milligrams of copper, which is what you should take with zinc. And I think it gives you 7.7 .7 milligrams of elemental zinc that is bioavailable in your body by the time it breaks down um, these, uh, these compounds. Um, and then biotin and selenium are also very beneficial um, nutrients to be taking as well. Selenium is something that is very deficient in a lot of our diets as well. It's another micronutrient, but we'll get into that in another episode. So that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I went a little longer than I normally do, um, but I thought it was important that we covered all of the major topics or the major, um, uh, major issues when it comes to zinc and deficiencies um, and why you would want to supplement. So if you found this useful, please like or comment. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast, uh, or find me on Instagram at rjcrate. Uh, to uh, start the conversation, continue the conversation, or suggest topics for any future episodes. Until next time, if you're like me and you're living on the road, I hope that you're thriving, even though you're out of your element. Take care.